Coach Taku. Making anime your new life coach. Coach Taku listeners, it is I, the grand Christina Stathopoulos, with my brilliant, radiant, luscious co-host, Mary. And guess what? We've got another anime movie week. So this week, we're covering another beloved anime movie. This one comes to us from 2016, and it is Your Name. So for any of you that somehow have not watched or heard of Your Name, what the heck are you doing? Pause this episode and go watch the movie first. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Um, But to give a brief synopsis, that's a spoiler-free one. Essentially, the movie is a cool sci-fi fantasy mix because it follows the stories of Mitsuha and Taki, who are both teenagers that live seemingly ordinary lives, until one day Mitsuha wakes up in Taki's body and Taki wakes up in Mitsuha's body. And the event seems to only happen for roughly 24 hours. They don't totally know what it means, and they both think it's a dream. Until the body switching occurs again and again and again. And so what you find is these two teenagers starting to create a relationship with each other, despite never having actually met, and some unusual circumstances that happen when they finally try to meet each other in real life. Yeah, and what's the coaching conversation you may be thinking right now? that we could possibly cover in a sci-fi, really strange anime. And here it is. It's actually connection to self, spirit, and other. And what does that mean from a coaching perspective? Well, in the way that Christina and I were trained, we have this exercise where we look at the connection that we have to ourselves. We look at the connection that we have to other people. And we look at the connection we have to spirit or the divine. And our assertion is that we're probably stronger in one area than we are in others, but accessing the other points actually brings us a little bit more balance and a little bit more power in different ways. So when you think about yourself, it's like, take a moment, think about it right now. Where are you most connected to in this moment? Is it to yourself? Is it to other? Is it to spirit or that divine source? And what is it? What does that balance look like? What's lacking? What are you missing from not connecting to others or spirit or self? Yeah. And so I think what's really cool about the series from the start is that Mitsuha and Taki serve pretty well as foils for each other. So if you look at Mitsuha, uh, the place that she's probably most connected is in being most connected to others. You see how she cherishes her family relationships. She takes her school very seriously. And a place where the spirit element comes in is that you also find is that she's a priestess in training. And so she takes her obligations to the shrine very seriously. And so if you were looking at her connection, I would say, you know, 90% of her energy is towards her connection to others. There's this 10% that has spirit included naturally because of her work as a priestess in training. And then there really isn't 
much going on in terms of Mitsuha connected to Mitsuha. Whereas when you juxtapose that to Taki, he's a teenage dude. <laughs> I would say he's probably the most connected to himself. Um, and not that that's a bad thing, but you see how as he works hard, that there's a clear correlation between his hard work and the goals that he has for himself, including saving money to be able to reach some of these goals. So for Taki, there really isn't much connection to spirit at all. You don't really, like you see that he has friends and you see that he interacts with people, but there isn't much of a focus on his family dynamics or on others. It's really me, myself, and I in the Taki camp. Yeah, and what becomes really cool to watch is that when they switch bodies, they actually are able to bring that balance more into each other's life. So you start seeing Mitsuha kind of like really just zone in on herself and like focus. She starts doing all these crazy things that are normally out of character for her. So you see her like really exercising and being a great sports person, a sportswoman. And you see her like taking on all these new things. Whereas for Taki, what happens is that Mitsuha's warmth, that connection that she has to other comes out to play. So she builds like deeper friendships with like the people around Taki. Uh, she actually goes on a date <laughs> with Taki's love interest because for her, it's almost like a, a girlfriend date. But, you know, she's using Taki's body to kind of have some of these interactions. And then you start to see what this balance, like these connections, accessing this, these different points bring to each other's life. Yeah, and I think what's really amazing and perhaps one of the more supernatural elements of this series is it's not just when Taki in, inhabits Mitsuha's body that she behaves this way, or it's just that when Mitsuha inhabits Taki's body that he behaves that way. But as they continue to switch, you actually see that that like the after effects linger. And a really funny way that they demonstrate this is Taki being the teenage boy that he is, every time he wakes up, in Mitsuha's body, he wakes up holding her boobs. <laughs> and after a while, you start to see that even when Mitsuha wakes up in her own body, she's also <laughs> holding her own boobs. And that's obviously a sillier or more trivial example, but it goes to show how the impact that they're having on each other lingers. It's not a one and done. Yeah. So, um, bringing it back to that conversation of spirit where that comes in it's actually in that supernatural way because they can't explain what's happening to them but they know that when they dream they can trust that they're going to be okay like they're taking care of each other and you know like when I think about working with clients that I've worked with Christina there are some times where you've done everything that you are doing you're on the, you're, you're meeting your goals, you're meeting your milestones and the rest of it comes to like belief in yourself and trust, trust that there's something out there that's going to work in your favor. Trust that the universe, that God, that divine, that spirit has your back and that it's actually going to work out. Okay. Yeah. Which, you know, is an interesting, this idea of like trusting that things will work out is an interesting conversation to have for this film. Because the, the bucket of water that gets dumped on you fairly quickly, and this is a pretty big spoiler. This is when we start to go into the, the meat and potatoes of the plot here. So seriously, if you haven't watched the movie, you want to be spoiler free, GTFO, <laughs> get, get away from this. But what you find is eventually it's apparent that Mitsuha and Taki are developing crushes on each other. 
even though they've never really interacted. And so they have this desire to meet each other and to try and find each other. And in trying to do so, one day, Taki's text messages to Mitsuha stop going through. Like he just can't reach her anymore. And spoiler alert, what you discover is part of why they've never been able to meet in real life, even when they've tried to plan their timing, is because Mitsuha exists in the past. Like she actually, her timeline for her being the same age as Taki occurred three years prior. So it's this interesting thing that's happening where technically every time they swap bodies, Mitsuha is in the future and Taki's in the past. And the reason Mitsuha becomes unfindable is because ultimately there's this terrible event where a meteor wipes out a town and it's Mitsuha's town and she dies in it. So the reason she becomes unreachable is because she doesn't exist anymore. And so let, let's hash this out, Mary, because here we are talking about how like spirit allows us to trust that everything will work out the way that it needs to. And this is a pretty disparate, like moment of despair for Taki when he comes, comes across this information. So how does spirit support us here? So, you know what, I think, because this, this anime, it brings up all the feels. It just brings up all sorts of emotions in terms of love, in terms of friendship, in terms of loss. And here's this really hard, difficult moment where Taki's like, she's gone. She's not, she's dead. But there's a part of him that she's so present to him and she, he knows her life inside and out at this point that he, that he thinks to himself, there must be a way. There's a reason that we connected. There's a reason this happened to us. There has to be a way. There has to be something. And so it's that trust. It's that that desire to like really explain, like say they're, you know, find out why this is happening to them that leads them to think, oh yeah, by the way, there's this sake. Because remember that Mitsu has a priestess. She's a, and uh, one in one of the scenes, you see her creating this spiritual socket that has a part of her essence. And he says, I need to find it. I need to get to that. Because if I get to that, I can be connected to her again. And maybe we can, we can resolve this. Maybe I can save her. But if it weren't for that trust in the divine, if it weren't for that connection to spirit, he could have easily said she's gone and then done and then moved on. Yeah. And something that I want to add to this is I actually feel that in a lot of ways, Mitsuha becomes the catalyst for Taki's spiritual breakthrough. Because something else that we discover is Taki has this bracelet that he wears as a good luck charm. And what we learn is the way that he... He even comes across this bracelet is when Mitsuha tries to meet with him and keep in mind, like, let's do the timelines here for a second. So I don't remember exactly how old they are in the film, but let's say while they're communicating, they're both 16. So when Mitsuha is 16 in the correct timeline, Taki's technically only 13 years old. And so she does succeed in finding him on a subway car, but this Taki, the young Taki has no idea who she is. And so you see this moment of her being disappointed and claiming that she must have the wrong person, but Taki's still ending up with her hair ribbon. And this ribbon is what he turns into this bracelet as a good luck charm. 
And so I think it's really fitting that this interaction happens. It's this perfect divine timing in a way, because Taki before the start of the movie isn't particularly spiritual, but he still has this charm that he sees as good luck. And so I think it's this really beautiful moment that as he realizes like, oh my God, this bracelet, this is hers. It dawns on him. Like if, if she was able to meet me, there has to be a way that I'm able to meet her. And there's that, again, here's the, here's where it comes in. It's that trust, that faith conversation that has him go out and see what else could be possible from here. And that's where the movie gets pretty funky and juicy. Yeah. So Taki does find Amitsu has sake and he actually drinks it. And in that process, he's able to access her again. And you have this moment where they both exist at the same time on two different planes, which is kind of bizarre, but it works. Remember, it's a movie. Let's go with it. And so what you see is that for Mitsuha, the day of the of the accident is hasn't happened yet. It's actually on that day. So Taki's able to warn her and tell her, you have to get everybody out. You have to get everybody out. Something's going to happen. You know, you, we already, uh, we have to warn everybody. We have to save everybody. But in that moment, they actually switch again. And so Taki is now in Mitsuha's body and Mitsuha is in the present moment. And she's seeing all the destruction and devastation while Taki and Mitsuha's body is out there trying to rally all the troops and say, okay, let's go. Let's evacuate the town. We got to get out of here. Yeah. And so first of all, it's, it's kind of a chilling moment. Um, You know, when I first watched this movie, I watched it with my husband and I remember we like streamed it one night in bed. And so we were laying there at the laptop and the moment where they switch bodies and like Taki's basically working against the clock to see if he can get this town evacuated for the, before this meteor strikes. Paul was vibrating next to me <laughs> for the rest of this movie. Like just like sheer, like shaking with like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? <laughs> um, and it is, it's, it's a really tense moment. And you actually reach a point where you're not sure if, if they're going to succeed or not, but they have this moment where they go, we believe it's going to happen. We're going to trust that it's going to happen. And because we trust it, we're going to write our names and contact info on our hands so that when you live through this, we can find each other. No matter how many years it takes, we just need to remember each other's names. I just need to remember your name and I'll find you. And so you see Taki right in Mitsuha's hand as they're switching bodies back. But the switch finishes before Mitsuha can write something in return. And so you reach this like penultimate climax of the film of Mitsuha tumbling down the stairs, no one really knowing whether the town has succeeded in evacuating and her going to look at his name. And instead, she sees what he actually wrote to her, which is, I love you. And not only is it just like, oh, my God, he said it. But, but again, what an act of faith to actually care less about, hey, make sure you remember me and care more about whether this is your last moment or the start of the new life that you get to have. Go into it knowing that you're loved. Like to me, it was just like, boom. There's, there it is. There's the writing. I'm content. What about you, Mary? How was it when you got to that point? 
yeah, that's the same moment that actually gave me all the feels. And I was like, uh, because what you what you learn in that moment is that their memory of each other is actually leaving because they've changed history at this point. So the interactions they've had are no longer there, are no longer present. So this is that one opportunity they had to like exchange and keep each other somehow in some way. And it's gone. And the mo- the words that you have are, I love you, which is beautiful. But at the same time, it's so heartbreaking because you keep thinking, well, what's going to happen now? And so you may be wondering, what's going to happen now? Well, the good news <laughs> is they do succeed. And the movie kind of fast forwards itself. Like you go into a bit of a narrative, you hear the tale of a meteor that struck that destroyed the town. But fortunately, the mayor thought quickly and evacuated everyone. And you see Taki watching this on the news, not remembering Mitsuha. And the screen kind of blacks out until five years later, where sure enough, as luck or spirit, or the divine, or whatever you want to call it, would have it, the two of them cross each other on the stairs. And what's crazy is there's actually a moment where they don't turn to stop. And you think to yourself, like, are you freaking kidding me? Turn around, you assholes. (laughs) The movie can't end this way. But sure enough, they do. And you you just see this moment of recognition of both of them knowing, I don't know how I know you, but we need to stop and have a conversation. And so perfectly the film ends with them asking each other, what is your name? It's such a perfect ending and hence why the movie is entitled Your Name. But I think one of the other things that struck me after after the accident, after the accident was over and they went back with memory loss, is that they kept waking up, each one in their respective beds, feeling a sense of loss, like feeling that there was something missing, someone really important that they couldn't remember. And it's like that, that loss kind of drove them to different choices, to different things. And you can see how it affected the types of lifestyles that they led. And they were always searching for something. So when they actually met in that, I think it was the subway station, you saw the spark of recognition, like you, you're the person I've been missing. And there's that moment of like, but that's crazy because I just met you on a sub, you know, I look on a train, like who does that? But the connection is so hardcore. And I think this is where trust in the divine, in spirit or whatever comes into play because they followed it. They followed that intuitive pull and said, I have to meet this person. I have to like get closer to them. I must know why, which I think is a beautiful example of how they're connecting all those dots for themselves. Yeah. And so I think ultimately you might be listening to this episode and you're like, hey, that's great, but I'm not a priestess in training and I don't want to drink magical sake and have visions and, 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 and. And I want to be super clear. I'm not actually like neither Mary or I are actually suggesting that you need to believe in spirit or the divine to have access to moments like this. However, what you can see time and time and again, in this movie is even Taki, who is not spiritual, who does not have a spiritual practice. He chooses moments to have faith and to trust that things will be okay. And so really what I hope you get from this is that trust is a huge tool and a 
incredibly powerful one when it comes to being able to discover what is possible in your life. And so if you are listening to this and you're like, fuck trust, never. One place you can look to explore how to have more access to it is in a spiritual relationship or in any relationship that connects you to something larger for yourself. And that's really the point that I want to underscore here. You don't need to start you know, praying to the moon or reading tarot cards or going to church. But notice if you had to take on something like this that required major leaps of faith, would you be willing to? Or do you not have access to the faith that it would require to take those leaps? Yeah. And honestly, like it's, uh, if you need more support around that conversation, please set us up. Like we're happy to explore that with you in a different way. And I don't know that I can add anything else to that, Christina, because that's, that's actually it. So we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Leave us a comment, uh, follow us on Instagram, like us, subscribe, and I'd love to hear your feedback on it and where you stand on this spectrum. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you're not thinking about spirit, but you should definitely be thinking about why the original soundtrack for this film is so important. Um, I loved Sparkle, the, that's the English name for the main song so much that I learned how to play it on the piano. And so if you want to hear me play it, get us more followers on Instagram. <laughs> that is my bargaining chip here, but all jokes aside, you know, uh, Mary and I have been having a ton of fun covering more movies. So if there are other films that you want us to cover on the show, let us know. We've already marked our calendars for the North American release of Demon Slayer. So we promise that that episode will be coming later this winter, guaranteed. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for tuning into this week. Till next time, everybody. Thank you for watching Coach Taku. If you liked this episode, please share it and consider subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Taku Pod, C-O-H-C-H-T-A-C-U-P-O-D, or email us at coachtakupod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host? In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at herextinaroar on Instagram, and you can follow Mary at raven5130 on Instagram. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.